0: Chronicles chapter 29. Good to be here again, praise the Lord. Um, just on my way back to cooper but I um, thought I'd just tell you a few little things that have been happening uh, in recent days, recent weeks. But we we'll read first, 1 Chronicles 29 verse 10, David's prayer. King David, the shepherd boy, became this great king. Difficult in his life, but uh, Here's this prayer of David. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, for ever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth are thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Read those words, and I think some of the difficulties they used to have in the Catholic Church, when, perchance, we're involved with some Protestant people, and they'd say the Lord's Prayer. And of course, in the, uh, the Lord's Prayer in the Protestant Church finishes off with, for us, is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And, um, it's not in the Catholics, Lord's Prayer. Um, different uh, ending there in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. But anyway, that's where it comes from. <clears throat> um, the Lord said not to, uh, vain repetitions and when, when you get a bit irked by uh, people in the church saying things a little bit differently, the way that you're programmed to say it and things prickle, you realise that it is really just vain repetition. <clears throat> Both riches and honour come of thee, thou runnest above, over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. And uh, you could analyse these thoughts here of King David is just uh, his prayer to God about the temple and the presence of God. Um, just wonderful words. Now, therefore, O God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own, ha- uh, own have we given thee. So they want to build a temple. They want to give it all back to the Lord. But he said, well, you own it in the first place. Who am I? that I should be in a privileged position like this. And I guess it's good thoughts for us often to, uh, to reflect. We do it at communion time. Who am I? That's the theme for the barley camp next March. Who am I? And it does us good to uh, question that from time to time, to reason it through and to come to an answer. Who am I? What does it mean to be a child of the living God? Some people haven't got a clue who they are stoned out of their brains and all that sort of thing and people trying to be somebody that they're not. But who am I? You really need to look at that and realise that because you have been repentant, you come to a point in your life when you realise you had to give up and give all to the Lord. You went through the waters of baptism you received the Holy Spirit you became an obedient, blessed child of the living God. That's who you are. You can hold your head high. And... Uh, know that one day you're going to be with the Lord forever. We have to go through this life, this world, whatever confronts us, we cope with that. I was just saying to uh, somebody a while ago, it's no good living in the past, just as it's equally fruitless to live in the future. We're here now. Whatever happens in the past is in the past. You can't change it. Could you run 100 metres in 10 seconds when you were 20 years of age? I reckon if you could, you probably can't now unless you're 20. I know that I can't. Most of us probably struggling to run 20, 100 metres. Um, and people are living on past glories. They're sitting in the pubs and they've got a great beer stomach and cigarettes or whatever, and they're glorying the football clubs about their exploits and their deeds back when they were 20 years of age. Just dreams. They couldn't do it now. Don't allow your past glories to captivate you now and don't allow your past perceived failures to destroy you now either. They are all in the past. And the future's in the future but we're here now. Wherever you are, be there. Today we look to be with the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you've been blessed. You've come and taken communion. Who am I? I'm a child of the living God and I'm here at fellowship this day for communion because I belong here. Not an intruder. We're not here because uh, um, somebody's sort of pushed us here or we snuck in. We're here because the Lord invited us in. He called us by name. He said, I want you to be there. Hallelujah. Who am I? A child of the living God. Many happy memories I come here. You're saying to Pastor David, the, the hymn that we sung today, um, Hymn 159, we sung that uh, a number of years ago, and Brother Bert Manick was sitting just where Brother Peter Jenkins sitting. He came up gave his testimony. And um, he spoke about the 5th of May and Independence Day, uh, freedom, the end of, end of World War II, and people dancing in the streets in Holland and everything else. And uh, we sung, I love to tell the stories, the hymn. And he went back he sat down there and, and he felt a bit faint. So he stayed there when everybody else stood up for the hymn. And he collapsed. And the brothers picked up the chair and carted the chair out to the foyer there, called an ambulance. Brother Bert had uh, gone to be with the Lord before the ambulance got here. And we're still in here singing, I love to tell the story. The last words that he heard, no doubt was I love to tell the story. Just given his testimony, what a way to go. Hallelujah. That's success. Success in your life is that when you draw your last breath that you're praising the Lord. Not how much you've achieved, what you've accumulated or anything like that to be praising the Lord when the Lord calls you home to be with Him. Verse 15, For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as were all our fathers, our days on the earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. Nobody can live forever in this world. And David's given this prayer to the Lord and uh, just, Who am I? I'm a nobody. He was the King of Israel. Much loved and victorious in so many ways. Who am I? Well, Strangers in this land, sojourners just passing through. We're all just passing through. And I've had uh, some opportunities the last few weeks. Uh, praise the Lord. And I thought I'd just mention a couple of things that have happened of late. Um, four, four Sundays ago, um, I was in Auckland in New Zealand. I met uh, Brother Martin. Brother Martin Michael. She comes from um, Manus Island. Off the north coast of Papua New Guinea, one of the provinces there. Maybe you see some of the slides and DVDs and so on of uh, people in foreign lands and dark skin, and you might think that uh, they don't know very much. Well, uh, Brother Martin, he he went to Christchurch in New Guinea, in uh, New Zealand, South Island, and he studied. He got a degree in uh, some sort of medical science, and he works in the hospital in uh, in uh, in Auckland in um, laboratory research. Dear Brother in the Lord, received the Holy Spirit in 2006. The Lord's blessed him. He's married to a sister in uh, Tracy in Auckland. I have a child due in in four months' time. And I had a great time of fellowship there with uh, Brother Martin. That's four weeks ago. The following Sunday, I was in New Plymouth for the New Zealand rally over there. And it was a great time. The theme of the rally was uh, God knows. God knows. And, um, so they had these placards around the place. They had the rally in, in a life saving, uh, clubhouse down by the, the beach. And they put these signs around. There's a sign that says, follow the signs. You go along a bit further and it says, to where? Follow the sign. Another arrow. Go along a bit further. It says, to where? God knows. Follow the sign. You get a bit further and it says, we can tell you that God knows, and that's how they got people into the um, um, into the rally. That was quite interesting, really. Praise the Lord! But there was a man walking along the boardwalk there on the Saturday afternoon, and uh, he uh, he's a geologist, thirty-six year old man from New Guinea. He's a geologist working in um, in New Plymouth, and he's engaged to be married to a Catholic lady in um, in a month's time. And he's feeling a bit nervous about this marriage because he's not Catholic, whether he should be getting married in the Catholic Church or not. So he's walking along the beach and he sees the sign and says, God knows. Sort of shook him a bit. A bit further, the sign says, this way. So he followed the arrow and he came into the meeting hall. When he got to the door and he saw people there like this, singing and clapping and happy, he thought, what am I doing here? And he turned around and he walked out again. And he walked along the beach and he thought, God knows where I am. If I pass up this opportunity, and um, what will become of me?" So he turned around and he went back into the meeting. And he sat there and I had a chat with him, Steve was his name. And uh, he walked into the meeting and he sat down. Guess who he sat beside? Brother Martin, the New Guinea man that I met the previous Sunday. And he listened to the, the uh, activities and had some prayer, and you know what, he received the Holy Spirit that night. And uh, when he wanted to get baptised, he said, I've got to talk to, uh, to my fiance first. So the next day he rang her up, and I don't know quite what took place, but he said, well, um, yeah, we get to get married, but uh, I've got to do this. And so he got baptised the next day there. And um, he comes from New Guinea. Um, he comes from place in New Guinea called Manus Island. Um, he went to school with Brother Martin out there on this island of the north of New Guinea and they meet up down there in New Plymouth. God knows and he directs us and he organises our lives for us if we will but allow him to work in our life. That was just a marvellous uh, testimony, I thought, over there. Um, that was three weeks ago. Two weeks ago, uh, I was in Bali. And I had a great time the communion service there. Brother John and Sister Glennis were there. We had three baptisms. One of the baptisms was Grandma. Now, Grandma is uh, Maiwati's mother. Sister Mewati was the first uh, contact in Bali back in 1995. And she got baptised uh, a couple of weeks ago. And she received the Holy Spirit, actually, when we were there at the opening back in March and trying to get her to get baptised, that, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that, and going over to Surabaya and come back. And so two weeks ago, uh, she'd come back to Bali, to Denpasar, and Pastor William got message She was there, went to see her, said about getting baptised. She said, I'll get baptised tomorrow. So she sat in the baptism tank, and he said to her, why do you want to get baptised? Seems a bit of a... Silly thing to say when after all this time she's sitting in the water, why do you want to get baptised? She said, I've run out of excuses. (laughs) She knew that's what she had to do. She's baptised, she received the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, and and now we've got four generations of one family in the Barley Fellowship. Praise the Lord. Four generations. Two other people baptised at the same time, Um, a man and a woman uh, around 60 they have been coming along for um, six months. They were, baptized. they were spirit-filled before. they uh, never been baptised. They'd been coming to our meetings for six months. They got baptised the same day. And um, uh, the man operated the spiritual gifts, gift of interpretation, that day that he was baptised. And it was a wonderful message uh, of interpretation from the Lord as well. So that was pretty exciting. Over there in Bali, things are still going ahead. Uh, that was a fortnight ago. Last Sunday, I was in Timor in Kupang, this time last week. And in 2007, uh, Pastor Renee from Holland and his wife Esther, who's from Kupang in West Timor, uh, went to West Timor to talk to the family. While they were there, they met the the maid, cleaning the room, and talked to her. And uh, Melfin was her name, and she was baptised and received the Holy Spirit. And he went back to Bali and said to Pastor William, there's a saint over there in Kupang, which is about 700 kilometres east of uh, Bali. Uh, what are we going to do? So Pastor William arranged for this lady to come to, to Bali and she worked there in Bali for one year and she um, came to all the meetings and got established. And February this year, she had to go back to Kupang. So she went back there and she'd been standing aside and talking to people. So Pastor William went over there on the 22nd of September, six or seven weeks ago and uh, with a brother from Adelaide. And while they are there in the 10 days, they had um, 31 people receive the Holy Spirit and 23 people were baptised in the 10 days. The West Timor is, well, Indonesia is a big country and um, you've probably seen a lot on the TV of late about East Timor and East Timor is the uh, most recent uh, nation in the world, independent 2002 The the Portuguese went to Timor back in the 1500s, uh, so the Catholic influence was there. The the Dutch came in the 1600s, so there was a Protestant uh, influence over there. And um, um, 150 years ago, the Portuguese um, ceded the west half of the island to the Dutch, and so they continued on there. 60 years ago, the Japanese were there, uh, invaded and took over, and then Portugal resumed Timor in 1945. Uh, in 1975, Timor declared itself independent from Portugal and um, Indonesians came in and, and um, took control there and they followed 25 years of, of um, occupation and uh, big troubles over there. And in the end, East Timor has become a, a separate nation don't need to go into all of those sort of things but in the, uh, in the wars uh, I reckon 300,000 people were displaced from East Timor to West Timor across the border there, 300,000 pe- uh, people. The population of East and West is about one and a half million people in each of the two uh, areas now. And so West Timor is where it's at, there's this Dutch, there's Protestant influence, all these people are displaced and there people have come to the Lord. And so after these 23 people were baptised. A week and a half later, Pastor William and, and Teddy went over there, there for five days, and whilst they were there, another seven people received the Holy Spirit and were baptised. And so another 10 days after that, Pastor William and I went over there. That's why we were there last Sunday. While we were there, another five people were baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit. So in the last seven weeks, 35 people have been baptised, and there's one waiting for baptism and quite a number of other people that are. Um, Wanting to be uh, uh, spoken to, we've organised a meeting place, and they've got Sunday meeting going, and a Wednesday night meeting, and and between now and Christmas, uh, there's another uh, half a dozen brothers going over there, and just looking to try to get established, something going in West Timor, um, different country, different rules. It's Indonesia. You've got to be careful. Um, you know, we've got we don't realise the the freedoms that we have in our country, uh, in the democracy. Over there, there was a sister that was baptised at the camp last March um, who was a Muslim. Her mother's a Muslim. She'd been living with her mother. And um, a month ago, the mother got so upset that she lodged a complaint to the head of the Neighbourhood Religious Affairs Organisation. Pastor William had to go and confront these people. The head of this organisation is a Muslim. And the, the lady lodging the complaint is a Muslim. The daughter had been a Muslim. She wants to follow the Lord. And she said, you people have um, brainwashed my daughter. Under duress, she got baptised and everything else. And if the finding from this court was not uh, um, good, we could have had to close up, not have meetings here anymore, legally. That's the environment these our brothers and sisters have to live in over there. But... Uh, Praise the Lord, the uh, the Muslim was running the show, he said to this lady, your daughter is 20 years of age, she's a woman in her own right, she can make up her own mind, and as much as you and I don't agree with this, uh, she's got a perfect right to go there if she wants to go there. Praise the Lord for that. But it just shows you the delicate balance that there is in these countries, and for us to go to West Timor, again, it's not easy, you can't just go and have a meeting anywhere that you want, um, you've got to abide by the regulations. that's uh, awkward. The early Christians were persecuted, house to house and hiding and persecuted. And somehow we want to have what we have now, a registered legal place where we can come and have meetings and we're protected by the law. Some countries it's not like that. There's talk over there in Indonesia that uh, the government's wanting to make it so that the only person that can be a preacher of, uh, of, uh, of religion must have a degree. He must have been to a college and graduated if not, he can't have a licence to be a minister. No licence, you can't run meetings, you can't bury people, you can't marry people, anything like that. And they're talking about trying to bring it in so that everybody in the future will have to have a university degree to preach the gospel. And our brothers and sisters are over there labouring in such environments. It's a balancing point all the time. On one way, we couldn't care less about this world. We're in the world but not of it. But if we want to function, if you want to come to Bali and have a holiday and have wonderful fellowship with the saints, I want to make sure that it's safe for you to go there and that you don't finish up on the slammer for 20 years. I think that's what you want too. And so we've got to try to balance with the authorities, etc. what's going on. Pray for the brothers and sisters over there. It really is the coalface that they're working at in serving the Lord. And so... <clears throat> there was a lady witness witnessed to, Cindy. Cindy, at the age of 14, left West Timor to go to Malaysia and then to Singapore, working as a housemaid. at the age of 14. She'd just come back to West Timor December last year. So for 10 years, from 14 years of age, she'd been by herself, around. And she'd been trying to work and send money back to Timor for her father and the family. Her father runs a little wayside kiosk. I saw it there, I shook hands with him, it's sort of got a mesh on the front and it's one metre wide and it's about four and a half metres long. And on the back wall there's cigarettes, there's bottles of water, there's potato chips and he sort of sits on the floor and puts his hands through there with the potato chips when you give him the money. And that's his shop and that's his house for the last ten years. Living in this thing, one metre by four and a half metres long. And Cindy's off in Malaysia elsewhere working, sending money back there for the father to help the family and so on. And she was witnessed to six weeks ago. She received the Holy Spirit. She's talking to everybody she can over there. A lady named Marlon is at a village an hour's drive away. And she wanted us to go down there on the Saturday. We couldn't go, so in the end, she and others came up to Kupang uh, they hired a truck and they come on the back of the truck and we're all in the motel room last Saturday afternoon praying and reading the Bible. Now, I was, um, I was just so excited. Most of the people sitting on the floor, so I had to do that for a bit too, what do you like sitting cross-legged on the floor for a number of hours at a time? But not too easy. They're sitting on the floor in pairs all the way around this room and Bibles open. And they're going here, here, here. Acts 19, verse 2, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? John 3, Acts 2, Mark 16, all the time there. But not only those verses, quoting. Pastor Williams going from couple to couple around. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 1 um, Proverbs 17, verse 22. Romans 10, verse 26. And I'm struggling in my brain to keep up with all these references. And they're just quoting the turn of the pages of the Bible back and forth. It was so exciting to be in the midst of that. Thought, I don't know my Bible as well as I should. And these people sitting down there, some of them have been in the Lord for two weeks. And they're witnessing these other people that have just come. There's other old stages there, others have been there for six weeks. They knew what they were doing. Tell you what, it's so exciting to be in the midst of that. People just loving the Bible, loving the Word of God. They weren't just talking about the weather. The weather's something to talk about, that's for sure. Um, or talking about sport or whatever. They're talking about the Word of God. Pastor Williams said to me, I think I've nearly worn out, Pastor Dean, the last six weeks. Acts 19, verse 2. You know what that is? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Over and over to people that claim to be Christians. The theme of the New Guinea rally a few years ago Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? That's a very good verse, powerful verse a verse we should use more and more perhaps. I know somebody said that to me many years ago when, um, uh, before I'd received the Holy Spirit back in 1971. And uh, he said to me, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And I said, none of your business. Because I knew that I hadn't. That really put me on the spot. Despite all of the Catholic background, I couldn't say, yes, I've received the Holy Ghost since I believe. And we can because we have the experience from God. And that's what we're trying to share with people all the time. So that Saturday afternoon, we went down to the beach and lacked sand and rocks and baptized four people there. They all received the Holy Spirit, came back to the motel room and prayed with them all. And and then they were going to go and Marlon said, please, can we go to the hospital? My brother's in the hospital. So got on the back of a ute and we're driving around the streets of Kupang at nighttime there and and, uh, off to the hospital. About 15 of us went into the hospital. You wouldn't want to be in a hospital. Concrete and pretty dirty and so There was a man there and he had, um, malaria. Marlon's brother. And so we went there and prayed with him. I, I wasn't expected to go there. I didn't have any anointing oil with me. So I gave him my Bible. I said, will you hold my Bible while we pray with you? I often do that in the hospitals. People just hold the Bible. It really has an effect upon people. This is the Word of God. Hold the Bible while we pray, so they're involved and prayed with this man. And um, there were two other people in beds in the hospital too. Quite a number of visitors there. Someone we finished. I said, "Look, I'm sorry to to interrupt uh, your Saturday night. I hope we haven't been in too much trouble." And a man in the corner. He said, "Come over." So I went over there. John was his name, and uh, he had um, uh, stones and in the kidneys. He was in strife and please pray for him, which we did. And uh, in the other bed, the lady said, please come over here. So I went over there and I was having a ball, praying with this person there and um, um, he was on, uh, on dialysis. And his auntie was there. She spoke English. And I um, gave him my card and an invitation and I said, the meeting's at uh, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, she said, can I come? So she did. She brought a friend with her as well. She came out for prayer. While I was praying with her, she spoke in tongues. Hallelujah. A woman in her 50s, I suppose. So it was refreshing for me to be in the midst of this where people were just trying to share the word of God with all those around about them. We get bound up in our daily life, all the things that we have to do, making a living and keeping our house and all the things that are expected of us. And I've just had this privilege to, to be for the last... Few weeks in environments like that. I tell you, it's never boring to be hearing Mark 16 and Acts 19, verse 2, and John 3 over and over and over again. We just sung Millions Now and Shame and Sin and Dying. And we've got the antidote for that the born again experience. Praise the Lord. Maybe you think it's a bit easier. In a place like that, perhaps it is because you're going out there expecting to the witness. Not going there for a holiday. I tell you, Coupang's not really the place you go for a holiday. Go there just to share the word of God. But when you have opportunities like that and you're going through the Bible, I tell you what, life's one big holiday when you're sharing the word of God. And all the people say, Amen. We are, what did David say, sojourners and strangers. In this world, this is not what it's all about. Strangers before you and sojourners, the children of Israel wandering through the wilderness to get to the Promised Land. We're on our way to Glory Land, which we're sung today. We're on the way, and in the meantime, we're passing through. We're in this world, but not of this world. Jesus said, and we just uh, continually take stock to make sure that we are not um, not too affected by the world that we have to live in. Communion last Sunday, there was 23, 24 people there. There was a lady named Incha. Incha would be um, close to 60. Her sister is in in the Holland Revival Fellowship. Carolyn, she rang Incha up five years ago and talked to her. She said, you can receive the Holy Spirit. So over the telephone they prayed and Incha spoke in tongues. Couldn't believe it. It was so simple. And for the last four years... She's been a bit of a leader amongst the people there. She runs house group meetings for 30 house groups in The Pastor Williams said, well, this is what the scripture says about, about the, uh, the leadership in the church and so on. And last Sunday morning, yeah, last Sunday, she got up and gave the testimony. She said, I've been leading all these people all these years, trying to teach them about the Lord. And uh, she said, I've been hiding my light under a bushel. This is the right church. This is where I want to be, and I want to be used in this church uh, with Pastor William here to help get everything going in Kupang. Kupang's a city of 300,000 people. Two families in Bali that come from Kupang, Nova and Naomi, they booked to go to Kupang on the 19th of December for a month to go and witness to all their uncles and aunties and everybody else and see whether they get a fellowship going over in West Timor. The Lord is moving and working in this world today. And if you have the opportunity to go with somebody, to be with somebody who is witnessing, who knows their Bible, is flipping through the pages back and forth, i tell you what, you can find nothing more exciting to do than that. And then to see it topped off with people baptized and see them excited when they speak in tongues, their lives are changed. This is the most glorious thing, most fulfilling thing that you can do in your life. Of course we have to work. Of course we've got to mow the grass. Our lawn didn't look too good when I got back to it yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> things have to be attended to. Last Monday I was in Nagara. Nagara is three and a half hours, three hours drive northwest of uh, Denpasar in Bali. There's a group there of people. <clears throat> And um, oh, they've been paying for a minister to come there for the last, um, I don't know, 15 years or something, to come and preach to them. And uh, somebody there told them about us, and Pastor William's been there, and they're saying, please, will you come and preach to us? We want to know all about this. There's 55 people in that group. I don't know whether they're all going to get baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost or not, but we laid on the line. We were there with a the leader, Cedro, and his son, Jim um, Last uh, last Monday. He said, these people will follow if you show the lead. If you get baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit, all these people here will realise that's what they need to do. But if you don't stand up, they're not going to. Well, I guess the same goes for most of us too. If we don't stand up, the people that are around us are probably not going to stand up either. And we've got the support of our brothers and sisters around about us. People that know the Lord, love the Lord, love his word, understand it, can find their way through the Bible. We've got to be leaders, every one of us. Praise the Lord. Little breakaway house group from there. We went there, and we've already baptized four people from that area in Dempasa. And we're there praying with these people. Another two people receive the Holy Spirit next Sunday. There will be five people from that village coming to Denpasar to be baptized, so that we can try and get something organized out there. Three hours out of out of uh, Denpasar. A lot of things happen. Who knows where it all leads to? Maybe it all fizzles out. I'll tell you what, it's a lot of fun in the meantime. But the excitement that I see in the brothers and sisters over there in Swanee to be evangelists, who am I? Here am I, send me. King David said, who am I? Well, I say to myself, who am I? And I pray that every one of us does. Who am I? You're a child blessed by the Almighty God, filled with His Spirit. The Lord's commissioned you to go and be an ambassador for Him. If you organise your life right, you can be uh, wonderfully, wonderfully blessed. Um, I don't know, we've got to finish. It's time to finish, huh? Yeah. Just one last verse then. Revelation 12. Um, I had a number of other verses to look at, but uh, I hope that some of those little stories of events are inspirational for you. They certainly are for me. You go back to where you live and, and, and so on with renewed vigour to serve the Lord. Revelation 5, uh, sorry, uh, 12. Um, and verse 11, a favourite verse of mine, it says, And they overcame him, that is, uh, the devil. They overcame the devil. How? Two things. By the blood of the Lamb by our communion service today, And by the word of their testimony, by sharing the stories about what the Lord is doing in people's lives, sharing testimonies of other people's lives being changed, uh, that's how you overcome. You come and you take communion week by week, and you share the testimonies, you'll overcome the wicked one. When the Lord blows the trumpet, hallelujah, we're all going to rise together to meet Him in the air. All the people say.